Welcome to Beans and Breakdowns, a podcast dedicated to bridging the gap between specialty coffee and the heavy music community. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Anthony Conley, also known as the artist Hands and Feet. Hands and Feet is a trap metal project from the Chandler, Arizona area. Uh, Anthony is also a member of the coffee industry working with Peugeotto Coffee in Chandler as well. So grab a fresh cup of coffee and wake the fuck up. What's going on, Caffeinated Crew? Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Anthony Conley, also known as the artist Hands and Feet. Anthony, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Grayson. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Like the concept of bridging specialty coffee and heavy music, I was like, yo, this is it. Like I'm here for it. And here we are. Yeah, man. I'm so happy that uh, we're getting to talk. I, I know that your music is maybe a little bit different than what we usually have on the podcast, but I still feel like it's very much heavy music. Uh, yep. It's very much in the vein of aggressive truth telling <laughs> music. So um, yes. I'm super stoked to have you on the podcast and I know that you're a huge coffee fan. <clears throat> yep. So what, what, what are you drinking on your side? We'll start with that. Right now I am drinking a very special coffee that I saved for this specifically. It is the Panama Finca Lurita. It is um, a geisha that the company I work for, Peixoto Coffee, that we've put out for the holidays. Um, it's very unique because, well, for this kind of like where geishas have been heading a lot recently with all the fermentation processing, that's been kind of really catching wave over the last couple of years. Very like intricate experimentation processing and stuff. Um, I feel like a lot of the geishas over the last couple of years have been like wild, just like super just off the wall tasting and very tasty. But this one is just a textbook classic geisha. You got that, the floral, you got that like pop of acidity. You got that little bit of sweetness, just tastes delicate and complex. And it's just like, I could drink a gallon of it. It's so good. Like I'm so hyped that we got to put this out and um, into Arizona here and just have a, a textbook geisha again. You know, it's been a minute since I've had one of those. So I'm really enjoying it. That's awesome. I'm loving the the way that geishas are heading, but it's, it is now kind of hard to find now that we've gone to the extreme side. Yep. <laughs> it's hard to get a classic, just, you know, run of the mill geisha. So exactly. It hits. I'm having, uh, it's by pilot coffee roasters from Toronto. It's called, um, Santa Maria. It is in mm -hmm. El Salvador, Pacamara. Uh, this is one of the first and only Pacamaras that I've had. So I don't have a ton of experience in that varietal, but a lot of pineapple, yeah. some toffee flavors. And, uh, it says velvety on the back. I'm kind of letting it cool just a bit, but it's, it's, mm. I'm, it's super rich, like full bodied, uh, definitely yeah. a lot of that sweet, sweet citrus, but not too sour. Very, mm. very good. And it is a, that sounds amazing. yeah, man, it's a natural, a natural Pacamara. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully I'll get to get more ha my hands on some more of these cause they're, I, I feel like Pacamaras are always, always hard to come by as well as geishas. You have to kind of know yeah. where to find one. Um, exactly. But we get a lot of, yeah, you know, 
Yeah, off my head, off the top of my head, I don't, I can't think of when I've had a Pacamara bridal, honestly. So it's like, that's, that's amazing to hear that. Staying on the coffee, what do you have a favorite brew method? Um, honestly, not really. Like it's, it depends on like, cause, uh, working uh, in the warehouse side of things. Now I've been a barista for four years with Peixoto coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently in August moved over to the warehouse to start developing a role within the company for, um, training and quality control, nice. um, having somebody dedicated specifically for that. So being in the warehouse, we're like cupping like multiple times throughout the week and all that. So it's like, I, you, you get to taste like, how the coffee characteristics of each one are going. And then based off that, I'm able to be like, Oh, this one has this kind of like natural characteristics. So I think this kind of brewing method will complement it. So it's like, I'm kind of all over the place, but I tend to brew, um, more with my origami. Um, I really, I really enjoy it. That's awesome. Cause it's not like, yeah, it's like, it's flat bottom technically, but it has a like more like, um, intense angle on it. So it's kind of like a middle ground between like a cone and then the flat, the flat bottom kind of style. Um, I also use the fellow stag a lot. Okay. Um, really, really nice. I like that one. We use it in the shop. It's perfect for shop setting cause it's metal. So you're not chipping anything. Definitely. Um, and then the Phoenix C70. I really like the Phoenix C70 as well. Uh, St. Anthony Brewer. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's one that I haven't... I don't even know if I've seen that one. So I'll definitely yeah, check um, it out. Yeah, that one, It's uh, it looks kind of like the V60. Okay. Um, but you know how the V60 has that spiral like ridges in there? Um, they took that concept and like made like, it's like dots instead of one solid ridge. So the dots slow down the flow rate. So it's not quite as like overly or like balanced that, as the V60 has. Okay. So it, it kind of like slows down the flow rate, but it still has that cone shape. Okay. Um, so I actually will use a Kalita filter in the C70 to kind of bring out slightly more sweetness and stop, uh, like, um, it, that way it doesn't like have any buildup going on or suction or anything with the filters. So. so you're like deep, you're like deep in experimenting with like, uh, yeah. <laughs> bringing out the flavors and which yeah. this filter with this brewer. I, I'm definitely, exactly. into, I haven't quite gotten, um, you know, too crazy. I'm still kind of building mm-hmm. my, my brewer like library. Yeah. Uh, but I just got to trickle it, which I don't I know. Actually, I haven't heard of that one. Okay. It's like the first zero bypass brewer that's been created, oh, okay. but I like that. You're like, throw a filter in a V60 or like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have like, it's like a playground, a coffee playground working at the warehouse. We have, cause the coffee shop has been, we're coming up on year seven. Mm-hmm. I've been with them for about five years now. So it's like, we, we kind of have everything you can think of as far as brewing. So we're just like, Oh, let's try that today. Like just having fun with it. You know, coffee is always growing coffee knowledge. There's no ceiling, right? which is why I love it. Cause you can continue learning as much as you want, you know? Definitely. That's I, yeah. I, I definitely agree. I'm actually very envious of that. You just take a <laughs> tripper and a, you could do a blind, like just walk up and pull something. I love that. Literally. Yeah. I'm, I'm blessed for real. I love, love what I do. Love where I get to work. That's my family for real. 
Ta- talking about Peugeotto roasting and how you've been working with them, uh, you had a collab, mm-hmm. the Sip No Evil. Well, yes. What is that all about? <laughs> so uh, my first EP that came out in 2019, we literally had my EP release show like not even two weeks before COVID hit. And so it was like, it was like a great send off, I guess, in the worst way possible. Um, but that EP, my first EP is called speak no evil. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I always had this concept and like my boss, Julia, my boss is Julia and Jeff. Um, they, they're, they're really supportive of everything I do, even though, I mean, like it's heavy music and stuff. So I don't expect them to listen to it obviously, but like they, they love what I do. Cause they know I, what the work I do in suicide prevention and stuff like that. And, um, they just know my heart, like we're all really close. And, uh, we had always played with the idea of like, Hey, let's do a benefit collab, you know? And then when lockdown hit and everything like that hit, um, we were constantly doing like fundraising opportunities and providing coffee for, um, for like doctors and hospitals and nurses and stuff like that. And just really in the community. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we're like right in the heart of Chandler, Arizona. And so it's like, you got the downtown vibes, but then you got the families and all that. So we get like every demographic, you know? Um, and so I work with East Valley dream center, um, which is a local uh, nonprofit that uh, provides resources in the community. Um, everything from like food to mental health services and everything else in between. And so I had been working with them for a little over a year at that point. And um, Julia came to me and like, Hey, what if we do like a, let's do this finally, let's like get the bag together. And then I was like, Oh yeah, it's perfect. Let's do a benefit. And let's, uh, let's donate it to East Valley dream center. Cause so many people are getting evicted and all that right now. And so, and need food. Um, so we did it. I hit my, uh, my bet, one of my best friends, Dylan up. He's uh, the designer on uh, our team. And we came up with the, like the mock-up and the design and everything, and then sent it over to my boss, Julia, when she edited a little bit and we kind of worked together on designing it and right. the flavor profile and all that. And, I got to release my own coffee. Like it's crazy. Like being uh, like soldier boy is always like, I'm the first rapper to do this. And it's like, well, I'm the first rapper, first (laughs) heavy artist to do, uh, to do a coffee. So it it was a dream come true. Literally like getting to raise money for the community. And as an artist have my own coffee that I love, like, it was huge. And we raised over $2,000 wow. for the community. So it was that covered a full month of expenses between food and resources and uh, paying bills for families and stuff like that. So it was, it was a beautiful experience. We sold, uh, I think 250 bags, something like that, man. Yeah. In, that, in 10 days, in 10 days. Dude. So I saw that you yeah. guys had sold out, but it was, it had been, you know, a while past since I was yeah. checking the post. That's beautiful. Like, that's in my opinion, specialty coffee. That's really what it is should be about is supporting and sustaining even in our communities, because, you know, coffee shops are kind of the, the launch point of our community. It's where everybody yeah. meets, everybody crosses paths. Yep. Exactly. So being able to benefit the local community and give back from a place that is like the heart of the community. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah. I know that that has a lot to tie into Sorrow Circle. What yes. What is the importance of Sorrow Circle? Yeah, so uh, Sorrow Circle, 
um, it's, it's not a collective. A lot of people like to just kind of put that stamp on it. The first time they just see like a group of people doing something and, but that's not what we're shooting for. We're not trying to be exclusive. We're trying to be inclusive and it's basically like a, a media platform. So we're still kind of like, still kind of like trying to get, get like our feet wet with everything. But mm -hmm. our goal is to take all the resources we have. And when we come across a, 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 a smaller artist that um, we really support, we're really into, we kind of like provide like, Hey, here is all of our resources. You have a, you need media done. You need photography done. You need videography done. This person can knock that out for you. You need um, recording production. You need beats. You need mixing, mastering. Uh, my best friend, Trey, who's the kind of like the, the brain of Star Wars Circle. Um, mm -hmm. He's got you covered. You need design work. We got design work for you. You need merch. You got merch. You need a merch platform. You could release your merch on our website. Um, you need your uh, a YouTube channel to drop your video on. We have a YouTube channel. So basically everything and distribution, even if you need distribution, we have distribution for you. So it's like every aspect that an independent artist would need. Um you, you can come to us and then we would provide all of that for you. We're still kind of like trying to cover all the bases. Right. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just what we're doing. And then we also had, um, we also put together a whole venue um, a couple months ago for a benefit show for our friend. Uh, and um, he had the space to that, to host it. So we literally cleaned it all out, built the stage, set up the whole venue mm -hmm. And now we're like, you need a space to hold a show, like oh, hit man. us up, you know? So we're literally trying to do everything we can possible so that we're doing it ourselves and exactly how we want it to, to be done in that, every aspect. That is like, in my opinion, that's like what yep. hardcore and <laughs> hardcore community. So yep. bringing that over into like a completely different, like genre and feel of music is like, yep so beautiful to me um i guess yeah thank you that would lead me to ask you know i know you come from a hardcore background and a mm -hmm. heavy music background what is the mm -hmm. crossover from hardcore to to making hands and feet what that is so um basically if you you've played in bands yeah. um correct and uh, i've been playing in bands since i was 14 15 um creative differences get involved or <laughs> there's always that one person who has like all of the all the ideas and puts the work in and then you get maybe somebody over here who's just like i just want to play shows you know yeah. so it's like it's it's really hard with a bunch of different creatives in one room who are trying to get on the same vision same path and it gets it gets stressful and um Trey and I, my, my best friend, Trey, my producer, my roommate, um, everything we've been, we've been homies and best friends since junior year in high school. Um, and we've all been, we've been in our bands all the time and he started producing. He's, he'd been like always like making beats and stuff like mm -hmm. pretty much his entire life. And then he started taking it real seriously, um, a few years ago. And, um, he, we we were just so sick of that, you know, sick of just like having to rely on other people. I mean, which is why I became sorrow circle. Cause we're so sick of having to rely on other people <laughs> to get things done, you know? So it's just That's like, great. yeah. So he had heard Scarlord 
uh, huge shouts out Scar Lord paved the way. And um, he's like, yo, check this guy out. Like he's yelling on these beats and he's got that same energy. And there's even guitar riffs, but it's electronic drums and he's doing it by himself, you know? And um, I was just like, yo, this is tight. Well, for actually the first time I heard it, I didn't know how to process it. I was just like, I don't know if I like this or not. I don't. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this is weird or what, but like, that's what I loved about it. After like, uh, he had like played it in his car. We were just cruising around. And then I was like, yo, this is like, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about this. But then he, I like went back to like the next day in my car and listened to the full album. And I texted him. I was like, yo, this is that, like, this is amazing. Like, this is so sick that somebody is doing this, you know, cause this is the same energy, but he's just doing it by himself. He just pulls up to a show and he just got to run the tracks and it's the same energy, you know? And I had never even like, at the time I had been doing spoken word and like touring with spoken word poetry and like, but my spoken word had elements of like hardcore in it, you know, kind of. Cause like I would, it's intense. It's like slam poetry. Like right. I would yell and just like, and just let it out, you know? And we had been trying to record a full length for me at the time. And it just wasn't working. Like something fell off. Like we had like beats going and like just atmospheric music and stuff. And like some of it was cool, but like it, in my heart, it just wasn't clicking. Right. And we, so we had kind of shelved it for like six months or so. And then he, I went over to his place and um, he showed me this heavy track that he was working on. And he was screaming like kind of Scar Lord style and stuff. And he's like, he's like, yo, get on this. And I was like, I, I don't know what to do, you know? Cause like I had been toying with the idea of maybe stepping into rap, but I was like, bro, I don't want to just be a white rapper. Like I don't listen to white rappers. Like it's, it's whack and it's corny and it's cheesy, you know? And so I had, but like, cause you just hear, I don't, I don't care. You, you listen to MGK's old stuff and it's like, this doesn't sound genuine. Like this dude sounds like he's imitating a culture that he knows nothing about. But I grew up like, an hour outside of Mexico and I was the minority. So I like, I was like one of like two white kids. So I grew up in like Hispanic and native culture. And so it's like, I was around all of this and like, that's what it was, you know? And so like, I wanted, if I was ever going to step into rap, I wanted it to come off genuine. I wanted it to come off like not sounding corny, right. not sounding whack, especially being like quote unquote faith-based, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> like I was like, not, not only do I not listen to white rappers that much, but like a white Christian rapper, like, gross. Bro, no, <laughs> like gross, absolutely gross. But I had been doing, I did vocals for this band called Injustice and it's just pissed off, fight your friends music, like just the slow sludgiest crap you could think of. Yeah. And um, he's like, bro, do exactly what you did on Injustice on this. And I was just like, Oh, I could do that. And I, I'm always writing lyrics. I have like probably at this point, 600 notes of lyrics and poems. And so I just kind of like, he was playing the beat on loop and I was just going through and I was like, yo, this is it. And I got on the mic and I recorded it and it was, um, the, the ledge, which is mm -hmm. one of the songs on my first CP. And then I like sat down and we listened to it back and then like the next day I texted him and I was like, this is it. Let's go. <laughs> and the next week we started speak no evil and recorded the full EP in like, 
in like two, like two or three days. Wow. And then he mixed and mastered it and we put it on SoundCloud and then, um, later on released it on all platforms remastered with uh, a couple singles and stuff added to it. Um, so yeah, that, it, it was because we heard scar Lord and <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, it felt natural cause I grew up in heavy music and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was like, cause I don't know. I don't really like, I call myself an artist. I don't like the label of just being like, Oh, you're a rapper. Cause it's like, I'm not like, I do so much more. Like I'll write the, Trey and I will pick up guitars and we'll write the riff for the song, you know? And like, then he'll add the trap drums and stuff. So it's right. like, I'm an artist and I'm a heavy, heavy artist, whatever you want to call it. Um, so it just, it, it all came together so naturally. And now it's been two years and I'm just like this, this, I love this, you know, like it's so much fun getting to have the same energy of a hardcore show, but I don't have to worry about all of the politics and all of the crap of working with other people and setting up band practice and this right. and that. It's like, you don't I need just a jam go. space or anything. It's literally like your <laughs> <Nah>. bedroom. <laughs> literally. Yeah. We had the studio is in our house. Yeah. Like he, it's a professional studio, top of the notch, like production quality is amazing. Trey is amazing what he does. And so I just like, I'll hit him up like, Hey, you free this day. And he's like, yeah, like, Oh, this is the beat I was, I'm listening to that you made. And he, he does all my, every single track you hear is Trey. And so I'll just like, I'll pop over and we'll track vocals and then he'll mix and master it and we'll send it to distro, you know? So it's like, yeah. I love our setup and I just, <laughs> I scream in my car and like <laughs> warm up in my car and write music while I'm driving, you know? So it's like, I don't have to worry about anything. We pull up, plug the tracks in and I do exactly what I would do if a full band was behind me, For you sure. know? It's yeah, fun. it's got yeah. such like even watching the videos uh for like Blood Child and and yeah. uh, Spawn of Christ is the other one that has uh yeah, Spawn of Jesus. Spawn of yeah. Jesus. I keep thinking yeah. of Spawn of Christ. But <laughs> no, nah, you're good. The videos like so aggressive and it still does yep. have all of that insane energy. So I, I really get yeah. um, I've had Blood Child stuck in my head for like three weeks. Uh mission accomplished. I know I'll, I'll just be like <laughs> doing something else. I'm like, I'm a blood child. I'm like, oh shit. That's a catchy yep, song. Yes. <laughs> God bless. Yep. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Listening to a lot of your lyrics, overarching themes obviously are suicide prevention, speaking about mental health, yep. depression, uh, yep. even like faith and, and criticisms and judgments that you've faced. Yeah. You know, looking the way that people in the hardcore yep. and you know, alternative community look, but still being, you know, somebody who is a Christian or a believer or mm-hmm. any faith that they hold. Yeah. Uh, what has helped you? be open about your mental health and faith, especially writing about it for everybody to see. Yeah. Um, like I said, I started out in spoken word poetry actually when I was like in my early twenties and at the time, I mean like even to this day, like public speaking makes me anxious as hell. Like it does most people. Um, but like, I, I would get to the point where it's like, I want to throw up. Like I'm so nervous and I like shaky. Um, but I, um, I've lost, uh, family members to suicide. Um, I've lost some very dear friends of mine to suicide. And at this point, unfortunately, I feel every single person has a story where a loved one or a friend of a friend they've lost, especially over this pandemic, like suicide has affected almost every person I know in some way, shape or form, either directly or indirectly, you know? And um hardcore was there for me 
when all I could feel was anger. When I lost my cousin, he was like my big brother. Um, lost him when, uh, when I was 13 to suicide. And over those, like, from like 13 to like 19 or so, it's like all I felt was anger and mm -hmm. numbness. And I didn't know how to process or cope. And so I gravitated to heavy music. And so many people have such similar stories of just like, uh, broken homes or father walking out, um, or things like that. And same, like <laughs> my dad walked out too. So it's like, right. I feel that. And so it's like, we, we all gravitate to just this, this letting out this expression of anger so that we feel better, you know? And it was there for me when I needed it. And then my early twenties, like it hit me that like, we have this outlet, but nobody's healing. Right. Like it's just a vicious cycle. You know, we let it out. We feel good for a week or so. And then we still got to go back home into our rooms and our thoughts and our, our vices are still there, mm -hmm. you know? And I hit that point when I was 19, 20, um, uh, my life kind of fell apart around that time. Um, I was like in a relationship, uh, like a long-term relationship. We had a place together and the relationship fell apart and I lost my, I, I just left the house and I was couch surfing for like a year and mm -hmm. just, uh, blessed by the people who took me in and this and that. And it kind of just hit me. I was like, dude, I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of being <laughs> depressed and numb. And so I, it was like 3am and I skated to Walmart back when Walmart was 24 hours and uh, <laughs> I grabbed a, a journal and pen and I just, I filled up the journal. I wrote like for like probably like five hours straight, just filling up the journal. And at the time I found Levi, the poet and Trey, the ruler. And, uh, I, I was just, it kind of just like, it, it was like a two by four hit me in the back of my head. Like you need to do this. People need to know that it can get better if they put in the effort to heal. Mm -hmm. And I started, I was like reading over what I wrote and I started forming poems off of that. And then I hit up the promoter um, for one of the local venues, Nile, the Nile theater here, um, Mantooth productions. Uh, I uh, hit them up and I was like, Hey, I know this is kind of off, but like, I know spoken word has kind of like been in and out of hardcore for a while. Can I just like jump on a show? And she was like, yeah, of course. And so I started performing in between bands at hardcore shows and the light bulb just hit. It was just like, yo, this is what I need to be doing. And seeing a room full of tatted alternative kids in tears because of the poems I wrote and going to the merch table and having conversations like you heard my story. Now tell me yours, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, that's when we're vulnerable, it helps people open up to be vulnerable too. Right. And the healing started and I started like counseling kids and counseling people and, uh, just like providing my services for free. And like, I'm certified in suicide prevention and crisis intervention. Like, um, and I like, I have like almost 10 years of experience now. And just, I speak at local high schools and, uh, give lectures to kids and stuff like that. And, um, have these conversations of just like, okay, like we, we understand what we're feeling to an extent, but how can we express this in a healthy way where mm -hmm. we're actually healing, you right. know? And so getting to bring that to, 
the hardcore scene that was there for me when I felt I had nothing, getting to bring healing to that space has been the most rewarding experience I could ever imagine, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so it kind of just all tied into it. And then I took a break from doing shows for a while and from touring for a while. And Mm -hmm. then (laughs) I felt that season was done, you know? And then it just reignited because it's like nobody's bumping spoken word poetry on the daily. You're only (laughs) listening to it when you're depressed as hell, you know? And so I was like, I need to make this more digestible. I need to make it to where it sounds tight, but it's still healing. Mm -hmm. And then when it evolved into this heavy trap kind of stuff, it's like, yo, this, this stuff bumps, you know, like yeah. the, the, the bass goes crazy and kids are moshing at shows and stage diving at shows. But I still give many lectures in between the songs, kind of like with the lyric video that, um, that I have out, like, I, I explain the song, like, yo, this is what this song is about. Right. Spawn of Jesus everyone people in the church and people around me they see my videos and they hear my music and they're like it's just like when you were playing metal you know like metal and hardcore it's like everyone's like that's the devil's music and it's like it's like no read my lyrics it's like i'm not a spawn of satan i'm a spawn of jesus you know (laughs) it's like and that song just that song goes crazy you know like i got a room full of people saying boy i might be a spawn of jesus christ crucified (laughs) like hang me up i'll bleed and die like a whole room of people saying that and dogpiling and saying those words it's like like this is healing you know yeah i i totally agree i i really appreciate you you know i know that you're an open book but I just really appreciate you being so transparent and open. Uh, I've said it before on the podcast and we've had people talk about, but the importance of mental health and reaching out when you need help and talk, just talking to people about your emotions and how you feel. That's what I think is funny when you talk about, you know, buff, tough guy, hardcore, tough guys (laughs) on their eyes. People think that we're tough guys. What it's just that we're really (laughs) emotional. Yep. So exactly. as, as soon as we hear something that resonates with us and we have yep. to react to it, it's, I'm going to cry. I mean, I, I exactly. was tearing up hearing your heart and hearing your like passion for, you know, suicide prevention and, and the work that you're doing. It's, it made yeah. me tear up. I'm not afraid to say it. I think <laughs> that shit's beautiful. Like that's good. Man. We, need I appreciate that. That. we need more of that for yeah. real. Um, yeah. I, I love that. It's all tied together with, like every aspect of my life is suicide prevention, even coffee. It's like, people always ask me, that's the number one question I get. It's like, what can I do more to get involved in suicide prevention? And it's like, people don't realize you're already doing it the day to day, like serving somebody a cup of coffee. Like I've had these conversations over making somebody a pour over and they're just sitting across from the bar, not so much pandemic stuff now, but Mm -hmm. it's like serving a cup of coffee and like, you see that deep breath and they're just like, they take that first sip and then they smile. That's suicide prevention. Like you, you help somebody start their day off on the right foot, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I've had these deep heartfelt conversations over coffee. Like you said, it's like coffee is like this, this hub of like, everybody meets there all walks of life love coffee right and it brings so many different people together and we all have these experiences and all of those experiences are important you know mm-hmm. and like that's suicide prevention have asking just when you ask a homie like hey how are you doing you know and like they could be like safe with you yeah 
And they're like, honestly, uh, I'm not doing too good right now. And it's like, all right, well, let's talk about it. You know, let's go get coffee. Let's have a conversation. Like, let's, let's be real. And like the great, like there is therapy, there is counseling, there is medication for people who need it. Um, that's the next step. But the first step is the day-to-day interactions we have and just being, being a genuine human to somebody realizing that we heal together. We're better together. Mm -hmm. You're not in this alone. What you need, all you need to qualify for purpose is to have air in your chest and air in your lungs and a beat in your chest. You have air, you're breathing, you're still alive. Your heart is beating. You have purpose. You qualify for purpose. And that, that is suicide prevention, you know? And it all ties together, whether I'm on stage, whether I'm out of school speaking, mm-hmm. whether I'm serving coffee or whether I'm, I'm roasting the coffee that's going to lead to somebody drinking the coffee to make their right. day better. That's all part of suicide prevention, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. Like this this, and we can go on forever about it, but like a hundred percent, like just reach out to people, like ask them how yep. they're doing, listen, like listen to, I yep. feel like we don't listen to people anymore exactly so definitely um i feel like we've gotten especially like our generation and even i have a lot of hope for the kids gen z yeah younger than me because they're so you know connected even over the internet and in person to person yeah and it's gen z it's like they get so much crap for being so emotional and snowflakes the liberal snowflakes and it's it's so stupid it's like you're you're literally criticizing a generation for being in tune with their emotions like shut up like you're just <laughs> jealous because you're 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 not used to being vulnerable right like we have gen z is the most in tune generation to ever walk this earth because they're so used to being transparent and broadcasting their life for the world to see. They're the first generation to grow up fully immersed in technology. There's a such thing as overstimulation. And that's something I talk about with the kids. It's like, yo, don't jump straight onto your phone. The moment you wake up, like let your mind wake up before you jump into overstimulation. You jump into seeing more news about COVID. You jump into potential war crisis. You jump into another freaking police shooting. Like, you jump into all of this chaos. It's like, yo, just let your mind process what's in front of you first. And then once you're more awake and alert, once you can have a conversation, those notifications aren't going anywhere. Right. Like take care of your mental. Don't, don't throw all that information into your mind before it's woken up and alert. You know, it's like, so it's like, there's such a thing as overstimulation, but like, that's, that's why I'm trying to, I'm trying to give these kids the cheat code. I'm so blessed to get to do what I do. And it's like, especially within like heavy trap. I mean, like we obviously understand hardcore metal. It's, it's heavy. It's dark. It's angry. It's aggressive. Um, so it's like having it transfer an artist like Scarlord, Ghostmane, Zillicami, Sosmula, City Morgue, like all of these, like I have taken what I learned in heavy music and hardcore and what I do in suicide prevention, it's like, how can I meet the kids where they're at, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm so that's that's my goal is like, I'm trying to make it to where it's like, I, I'm bringing healing to those spaces of anger and just like hopelessness and stuff like that. And it's like, again, those artists aren't trying to be heroes. They're just talking about life. They're talking about their experiences. Right. And 
And so it's like, it's, it's angry and it's violent and it's aggressive and it's depressing because they're processing their own healing and their mental health and stuff. So it's like, how can I use these tools that I've learned to meet kids that are listening to this music, meet them where they're at on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Apple music, meet them on the road, meet them at these shows and have these conversations. How can I bring healing to those spaces? And like, so I'm just, I'm blessed to get to do what I do. I'm blessed to have these conversations like this. We're having, have these conversations with these kids over Instagram, like kids message me, like, I don't feel good today. What, what should I do? And I get, I get to counsel them and mentor them and step in if they're, if they're feeling suicidal, you know, like Mm -hmm. I I love what I get to do. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's definitely something that we need more of. So I'm happy that, you know, you're using the platform and, the outlet to be able to make like real differences and impact, you know, people where Thank they you. are. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on Anthony. This has been an awesome conversation. Um, I know yeah. it's probably been a bit heavy for some people listening, but you know, yeah, we, we need to talk about some real shit sometimes. So, Uh, exactly so uh thank you so much for you know just sharing (laughs) everything uh i just have one last question for you before we go yeah what's your Mm -hmm. favorite city for beans and breakdowns honestly right now um arizona where i'm at (laughs) like arizona is on the come up for coffee like obviously I i love california i love going but like right now arizona is killing it like i i plan on sending you a bag of our coffee i want you to taste peixoto coffee um i want to ship you out one Uh, i'm actually shipping yeah i'm shipping out adam from orthodox as soon as i heard your your conversation with him (laughs) i I hit him up and i was like adam i want to send you coffee i want you to experience this because arizona coffee is beautiful right now pear cup works my coffee mentor one of my great friends Mm -hmm. um pair uh kim hawk him and his uh him and his partner uh eugenia the kim hawk was working with me at peixoto coffee for a while he everything i know uh from coffee partly came from him and he opened up his own shop, Pear Cup Works and Mesa. Then you got Mythical Coffee, my other coffee mentor, Eric, him and his partner, his fiance, uh, Kat, they um they opened up Mythical Coffee when they left Peixoto. And um, so there's that. Then there's Infusion in Tempe. That was one of the first specialty shops that I got to go to. And then you have Tucson, Presta Coffee, mm-hmm. where the still to this day, the best espresso I've ever had in my life over the last seven years of specialty coffee that I've been a fan and and within the community. It literally tasted like I was biting into just a over like a a ripe strawberry, just a sweetness. Like that was the best espresso. It was a natural Ethiopia to this day. I will forever remember that. Presto coffee. Then you got like dark, uh, dark hall coffee where they're vegan shop. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, La Bohemia, rest in peace. They just shut their doors, unfortunately, but they were really doing amazing things with coffee, bringing coffee from Mexico, especially coffee from Mexico, like things like that. Like mm-hmm. Arizona, like when my friends come to visit, I'm like, yo, we're doing a coffee crawl because I have 10 <laughs> shops that I could take you to, you know? And then there's Peixoto Coffee. Like we're, man, what, what, what I get to be a part of Spencer, the head roaster, another one of my coffee mentors, like his take on roasting his style on roasting Mm -hmm. is just, it blows my mind. The coffees that we get to put out the coffee that I just drank this geisha. It's like, 
he dialed it in getting to learn from him is so rewarding like it's the the wisdom that he has and the humility that he has because he he approaches it with knowing that he's never going to know everything there is to know about coffee right he's not like this is the way to roast he's like this is my perception of roasting you know and light roast coffee obviously like um so it's like arizona is just beautiful i love it from music to coffee and everything in between like i love what we're doing here i love getting to be a part of i I, i'm like you go to california there's a lot of people doing what i'm doing you got midnight society kamiata Mm -hmm. original god you got um you got like all these heavy like artists that are doing it and then you got like then you got like Florida where Ghostman is from, you know, it's like stuff like that. It's like a lot of, and a lot of these places are doing heavy music and heavy rap, heavy trap. And I, I'm really the only artist that's like doing it, you know, like at the level that I'm doing it here. So it's really exciting to like get to do this here. And I, I'm such an oddball on shows because I'm playing shows with If I Die First, which is that like super group. Uh, I love them because uh, it's like, that's the dream. Blow up and then make a, make a post-hardcore band that you used to play in your garage, you know? That's exactly like, like the first time I, I heard it. I was like, bro, 2008 is fucking back. Exactly. I was so like, happy. Like Ned Arb, like goth boy click like wicca phase bringing tiger's jaw and like all of these all of these people who who like paved the way for this whole different style of blending emo and heavy music Mm -hmm. with trap and lo-fi like and now they're just like yo we're rich now (laughs) we made it like i'm a like nadar being a grammy winning multi-grammy winning producer and then he's like, I'm going to make a band that I always wanted to make. And Lil Lotus, shouts out Lotus. Like, yeah, Lil Lotus. Uh, yeah, like all of them, man. Like getting to be a part of this in Arizona, like and getting to play like with heavy bands, but then getting to play with rap and mm-hmm. getting to play with like indie bands. Like I love mixed bills. Mixed bills are so slept on because people get to experience new genres of music that they wouldn't normally experience. So it's like, I, I love what we're doing. Makes bills yep. need to come back. I, when I was growing up in my local scene, that's all we had because there were yeah. no two bands that were the same. Yeah. I love it. And it's, it's also really cool. Just to shout out, um, Brooke from impending doom, like one of the pioneers of heavy music and Christian, uh, Christian music, getting, having him on one of my tracks, man, that is everything to me. Like impending doom hands and feet would not be what it is without impending doom. Like hearing, I heard that for the first time and I was like, my, I showed it to my mom and my mom is amazing. Bless her. She like, she was like, this is it. Like, this is what you love (laughs) about music and you love about God and one, like they're freaking doing cannibal corpse style stuff and talking about (laughs) revelation. Like, And like getting to bring this like heavy trap. And I, I just reached out to Brooke and cause he had been, he's doing this kind of like trap, trap metal, heavy trap, whatever you want to call it. He's kind of doing it too with man of God. And I messaged him and I was like, yo man, I just want you to know like impending doom, like you, you changed my life. Y'all changed my life. And like, I would love to have you on a track. And he's like, thank you so much. I am honored. I would love to be on a track with you. And like, (laughs) we have conversations now. So it's like blessed like that. And like, I'm trying to get, um, 
job for uh, I think his name's David uh, from job for a cowboy on a track. Uh, if job for a cowboy, Damn. if you somehow hear this, like <laughs> I'm doing that for me, job for a cowboy, Arizona pioneers, Knights of the abyss, Arizona pioneers, like Arizona has even blessed the fall. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like Arizona, we, we have such this, this melting pot of people and styles of everything from coffee to music. And I just, I love it, man. Like seeing so much music come out of Arizona over the years. That's like, it's just beautiful. I love being from Arizona. It's always going to be home, even though it's hot as hell here. <laughs> I, I love it. Being in the underground when it's 115 degrees outside and the ceiling is dripping yeah. because it's so humid <laughs> down there and there's no airflow. I love like, that. uh, yeah. Some of my best moments down there, man. Bless Arizona. Well, Anthony, this has truly been, as, as we used to say, uh, in the church, a treat and a treasure. Uh, I really <laughs> appreciate you, uh, yeah. appreciate you hanging out with me and yeah. um, I wish you all the best looking out for those new releases and a yes. new coffee collab that would be sick. <laughs> yep, It's all in the works. Uh, check me out on Instagram X hands, X feet, X across every platform. If you need, if you directly you Grayson need yes. anything, I'm here for you. For the sure. listener, if you need to talk, please message me. Please reach out. This is what I do. Run my music up so I could do this full time. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, get order Peixoto coffee. Everyone like this. This is what it's about. And I'm, I'm just trying to help people heal as I heal. And uh, links are in. If you're listening on Spotify or anywhere, links are in the episode description. So go and check those out. Anthony, yep. enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, Thank you, man. Take care, man. You too. Thank you. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beans and Breakdowns. Say a huge thanks to Anthony for coming on the podcast and hanging out with me. It was such a pleasure to hear about hands and feet, what he's got going on with Sorrow Circle, and also a lot of great things that are going on at Peugeot Coffee. Be sure to check out the links in the description, show hands and feet some love, as well as uh, check out Peugeot Coffee because they honestly have a lot of awesome coffees that are available for online order. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Beans and Breakdowns or find us on the web at beansandbreakdowns.com. Till next week, stay caffeinated and wake the fuck up.